So anyway, I'm in Turkey with my parents and we are in Aludiniz. I'm sorry if I butchered that pronunciation, but it's a gorgeous <laughs> it's a gorgeous coastal area in the southwest of Turkey. And check out the Blue Lagoon. It's it's incredible, breathtaking. Above the Blue Lagoon, they actually organize paragliding trips. So anyway, um, I decided to kind of conquer one of my fears and uh, signed up to do one. Um, we we went into the office, did all the paperwork, signed everything. <laughs> Obviously, you, if you, if I read the small print, it's like we're not responsible if you die. <laughs> None of us. It's not our problem. <laughs> anyway, have a good time. <laughs> Enjoy. We'll take pictures. Um, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so, English is not widely spoken in Turkey. So I'm on the bus driving up this mountainside to get to the top and right. feeling very <laughs> or feeling like a silo because everybody around me is Turkish speaking Turkish. Anyway, um, we get onto <laughs> the top of this mountain. The ride itself was about half an hour. So that gives you an idea of how high up we were. And just going up the whole up time. Up the mountains, just up and up and up and up. Gorgeous vistas. Anyway, we get to the top and it is just immense. And I'm talking about this weird sort of sense of, God damn, I am so small in this world. <laughs> it's, Subhanallah. It, it puts you in your place, honestly. Right. And, and I'm seeing people in front of me. Uh, they leveled out the top of the mountain and they paved it so people could actually run um, to jump off, right? So I'm before me. I'm seeing um, instructors with tourists, and they are strapping them up. And so the instructor is behind you, and you're strapped in front of them. So oh okay. So you're not just free free no, flying. No, no. Oh god, no. Um, so <laughs> so they're stra they're strapping people in, and they're jumping off, right? And they're running. I see them running, and and my instructor, no introductions whatsoever. Not even a hi. How was your day? <laughs> He starts strapping me up. I turn around. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Do you want to buy me dinner first? Do you want to tell me what's going on? Me Can you tell breeze. me what's happening? He doesn't speak a word of English. So he looks oh, at another God. instructor. He looks at another instructor and he says, and he just points at him as if to say, watch what they're doing and do the same thing. Uh. The only <laughs> English he knew, the only... The only English he knew was, do not stop running. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. That's cool, that, cool. Honestly, a very utilitarian phrase. Very, lots of use cases for that one. <laughs> do not stop running. Exactly. He probably went to English school and he was like, uh, give me a sentence that I can use everywhere. And the teacher was like, do not stop running. Don't right. Stop I mean, running. it could be like a profound life sense. phrase. Like, you know, when you're going your Keep dreams. moving like, forward. Do Just not stop running. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't let failure, you know. Don't look dreams. suspicious. Keep, yeah. Don't, you know. don't, don't stop running. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Anyway, don't stop running. So anyway, <laughs> so running. he says, don't stop running. I'm like, okay. So Muhammad doesn't stop running. And by oh. that, I mean, we start running to jump off the edge. We are now in the air. And just like a cartoon, my legs are still spinning. 
I'm still <laughs> kicking away because the guy told me don't stop running, <laughs> so I didn't <laughs> stop running. <laughs> I'm still no. going, and I could just see that. <laughs> but then my brain was like, okay, Muhammad, you, you're, you're, you're I, I've seen the, the movies. Uh, I know you, you just you, stop. <laughs> You, you, you're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing both of us right now. How long did it take for you to realize, to, to recognize that? Like... I think it was. A, I think once the trees started getting smaller, I was like, okay, you oh. know what? Now's a good time. <laughs> I can stop now. I have now established I have no grip on air. My superpower <laughs> did not activate, and we will stop running now. And he did, he said nothing, like or like like. Oh no no, the guy was quiet. He he was like, okay, the guy's. Still running, cool. Um, to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. So, but then the moment after that was out of this world, honestly. Because when we were above the mountain and we jumped, the air was very cold. Obviously, because mm. we're up in the mountain, right? Yeah. But then as soon as we got over the sea, oh my God, this just gust of warm air. Because obviously... um a lot of heat is stored in the sea, right? And it was just coming up. And just to look down and see this gorgeous blue lagoon, the coastal line, the city in front of us, and Dang. it was just incredible. And we just started gliding. Once we got over the sea, which was maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds into it, I was like, you know what? This is incredible. I, the, the fear had gone and that's so weird that switch yeah was 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 incredible i never thought i thought oh my god this is going to be scary all the way through until i landed no 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 10 15 seconds maximum and then i was like wow i do not want this to end and then he starts gl- i don't know how they make it last for long but we start gliding left and right over the ocean over the beach and it must have land- lasted maybe 15 minutes wow and you know he's he's got his GoPro and he's taking pictures and videos and everything and uh, obviously something to sell at the end, right? For for um, a charge. Yeah, obviously. Um, and then we come landing in, and then uh, my parents, bless them, are there, and my mom's taking pictures of me landing. No. And it was just, I was like, I did not want that to end. It was just outworldly. It was honestly, if you've not been, go. But. <laughs> <laughs> do do remember <laughs> do remember that you don't have to keep running. when your feet lift off the ground stop stop, I, stop. I, I was waiting for the yes. part of the story where you were so taken with the experience that when you landed you forgot to run and you just like eat it immediately just like drag your feet and hit the ground <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> you didn't say you had to keep running and he looks at you and he says don't stop running and you're like oh. <laughs> I said don't stop <laughs> Welcome to Third Culture Block, a place where we have conversations about everyday experiences that shape the stories in our corner of the human narrative. I'm Ahmed Mustafa. I'm Wissar Jibril. And I'm Mohammed Ismail. That was actually really interesting, and uh, I think it was Iraq, actually. They uh, have like a bazaar where... There's like a, a long-standing tradition of making kind of the the traditional outfits from hand by hand, mm-hmm. and how that was 
that's not like a lucrative um, trade anymore. And so the tradition is kind of dying out to the point where there are so few people who actually know how to make things, these things by hand, um, that like within a generation or so, those trades will be lost kind of altogether. Mm. Yeah. Um, the same in Libya, the Sugatab, the, the traditional Libyan jewelry, you have, there's been a, like a loss of interest people making that from like for first of all like full-blown tab tab and they're like there's like a lot of even like political reasons why people like women no longer buy a hundred percent or not all women um buy a hundred percent um gold because of like if you if you're gonna send if you're gonna go to a party and then there's like a, a risk of you like the part like someone uh, a militiaman or some some random person armed walking in and robbing the place you know you're gonna walk in with 50 grand of 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 gold on your chest you know and that's like bam your entire like life savings is gone um or your safety net because a lot of this like aside from like the, the the culture and stuff it is also like a safety net for the bride to have a house worth of gold um or like a plot of land worth of gold on her chest right and um so there's just been there's just been difficulties and obstacles in the gold market um when it comes to that but also when i was last in nibia researching the jewelry um the one of the guys one of the old what are they called? The, the goldsmiths, I guess, um, mm-hmm. who who practice like the traditional, traditional, traditional um, Libyan negish. Um, what's negish in English? Design, I guess, design. Um, it's not as favored as the new, newer end, um, but I think from what I'm seeing on social media in these recent years, the older designs are resurfacing and becoming popular again to wear. If that makes sense. So I think that opens up opportunity for them. But also, from what I understood, is there's like a dying interest in youth, you know, like joining in as an apprentice from young age. And then they learn, you you start learning by like you make one small like form in a small piece of like a big piece of jewelry and like that's the only piece you do and then after you've mastered this small piece you go on to another small piece and then you know slowly but surely like learn to create the entire one from scratch right um so there's a dying interest in these like apprenticeship i guess um youths right the only place that it really shows up nowadays is in like trade schools Right, and they still have the idea of like journeyman, master, apprentice kind of thing with like electricians or plumbers or any sort of like contract labor like that. Um, I was in, I was surprised to hear that, uh, but like one of my friends was interested in becoming an electrician, and that's that's literally the system that they follow, like apprentice kind of journeyman, and then like a master kind of thing. It's a guild. Yeah. At least here in the states. The difference between guild and like mass education is that like guilds are kind of teaching artisanal kind of skills, right? Very mastercraft, 
like we saw was saying certain like, mm. specific patterns and deep work versus like mass education is built for the factory like you got arms you can do this um yeah and so it, it's interesting because like in islamic traditions it's kind of the same way where it's like one-on-one um with a lot of like like and not even just like arab traditions like you'll hear just like like all of the great musicians of the past it's like they find like a master of the craft and they follow that master of the craft right um and even to a certain extent like nowadays you'll hear like neil gaiman talks about how he his first soiree into writing was um interviewing he made up his own magazine and then decided to reach out to like people he wanted to talk to and ask questions of you know <laughs> and it's just like hey i represent this magazine um so will you do an interview and he's like yeah sure and so literally like to become a writer he created a magazine out of nothing and then decided to just start interviewing people he wanted to talk to <laughs> like and from their master he, he learned it what people are always really wondering about is or wanting to do is put themselves in the shoes so if you just document kind of the overall experience like you're you're creating things that people are interested in or people are looking for but since you're the one doing it you're getting so much more out of it chase jarvis he was one of the first commercial photographers I started following back in the day. Oh, cool. And he is part of Creative Live. Uh, he has his own thing that he's doing. He has his own studio, everything, right? And he talks very passionately about this whole just share, share the process, do it behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And he spoke once about it in an interview and he was saying, when I first started doing this, I actually got a lot of backlash from the industry. Right. Uh, other photographers were like, what are you doing? Why are you telling people this? And this is our livelihood. And, and he was like, well, this is the community. Like where I'm sharing stuff with the community. They benefit and I benefit because obviously it's, a, it's, it's mutual, right? I get more exposure. More people view my work. I get more followers. That, brings, uh, that builds up my brand. I can then do more commercial work. The, com the commercial work will allow me to do personal projects. It's a win-win-win. Right. Um, but unfortunately, you still had a lot of haters in the industry. And if you don't know, photography is one of the most toxic industries out there. Uh, I don't know if you've gone on any photography forums or anything. No. But um, the amount of I, just, I, I can imagine. just toxicity in the comment section of like, like you didn't have to say that what you just said had didn't have to be said and yet you felt so strongly about it that you were like you know what i'm gonna pull out my phone i'm gonna scroll down to the bottom i probably didn't even read the article and i'm gonna write down a long comment of how angry this makes me right or how or how crap this piece is or how bad this is or how the colors are off and well you know this is okay for an amateur i mean why? why why any of this attitude and it just goes yeah. back to your ego then um so chase jarvis was like well i'm trying to break this down um i want to give back to the community and this is how i do it and i was really inspired by that because he made me realize it's actually not that difficult to do your own thing right yeah. 
Well, and that's, I think, part of it, right? Um, you don't want to expose your methods because you're afraid that other people are going to do it. But it's at a point right now, in ter- even like, you know, with the internet, everything that you could possibly want to know is already out there, right? It's just like varying levels of accessibility. And anyone can come up with ideas. So it's it all comes down to execution and drive to do it, you know? And I think that's, that's the most important part, right? I can, I can give away kind of my methods, maybe not my ideas and the things that I want to do, but showing the process isn't going to mean that everyone's going to be like doing it. You know, it it takes a lot to even like get out there and start doing it. Yeah, for example, if Hans Zimmer does a masterclass, that's not giving away the trade secrets. It's You're not going to become Hans Zimmer just by going through that masterclass, are you? Right. But you understand his process. You understand his methodology. And that is priceless, especially if you're a big fan of his, right? Right. I think the people who attacked Chase Jarvis, they had a confidence issue within their own work of... If this gets out, then nobody will hire me and they'll just hire somebody else. Or, you know, you're giving away too many secrets and everybody's going to become a photographer now. Well, guess what? It's 2021 and everybody with a smartphone is a photographer. Right. And Chase Jarvis even argued this point. And he, he was a massive proponent for different forms of art. And he said the best camera is the one that's with you. Yeah. Okay. So then everybody has a smartphone. And right. everybody has an incredible, uh, the majority of smartphones today have a pretty decent camera. Yeah. Everyone is a photographer. Uh, everyone is an artist. I, I believe this. Everyone is, is an artist. Fitrian, mm. like the just innately an artist. Right. And then you have the tool. So everyone is potentially a photographer. Let's say that. I'm not scared as a photographer because everyone's going to have their own style. Okay, you have the same tool. It doesn't mean you're going to get the same result. Yeah. And even then, it's like you said, everyone can be an artist because everyone has a perspective and a story to tell, right? Um, And that ultimately is what's informing kind of the shots and what you notice and what you look at, right? We saw is very, very good at the details. And so when she does a walk through the park of Cesar Chavez, she's looking at the very petals of each flower whereas i'm moving her out of the way of walking into people in the park right because i'm (laughs) i'm looking at like the more broader view and that's just like a broad example but um i think everyone's got their own kind of perspective and and story to tell so even if you do kind of expose your methods quote unquote like that doesn't detract from you telling your story i think the beautiful part of and this is something that, for example, when it comes to photography, right, using this as a continuous example, especially with a medium like photography, kind of like what Hama was saying that, like, you, your best kind of camera is a camera that you have with you at all times. So it's not about the lens, it's about the eye behind the lens. So if you kind of develop your eye and know what you want to capture and document and create then having these platforms of how to do it i don't want to say better but i want to say better right um (laughs) more polished more polished um per se so i feel like that's that's 
giving people an opportunity to tell their story in in 4k in 4k (laughs) no like like even if it's like the same style as you or like the same like a lot of a lot of photographers sell their presets right um their lightroom presets and so but and then of the day i might take your presets you do nature photography but somebody else takes those presets and what they focus on the world that they see constantly is street photography or like whatever you know so it's like taking your tools and then like you like you ahmed said like saying um fine like using it as a way because everybody has a story so using it as a way to tell their story and but i my difficult part is in this situation 100 percent big fan love your work actually i have some friends who have always made fun of my pockets of light but now have like been reaching out to me of like hey am i am i doing this pockets of light right am i doing am i am i you yet and i'm just like pockets enough for yeah and like pockets yes (laughs) you got it they make me so happy but yeah but so even with that like you know um even though i know pockets is like has always been like my thing i'm still like i love that someone else is out there like appreciating what i see or trying to understand the world that i see in trying to reproduce their own images of something that i am in now with the obstacle and the speed bump that i am in guys is my designs <sighs> yeah and that's what I, I think those go under like <sighs> ideas right one. yeah so Ver- versus methods because the methods are pant the thing the method so with the method is like and that's something that even in all of like for example the that one course thingy that i was um taking um or or am going through is like give with, with the information that you give and the process that you give, you give enough for people to understand your process, but not enough for them to sit there and copy your work. So the actual work, the actual lines, the actual designs is my intellectual property. Take my techniques, but apply it to your stuff. And I just have like a hard time like with certain audiences that are well-known in that certain, certain audience's art community that like, when someone within that community sees something that's very different, they want to make that thing and then make it their own and say that it's their own. Right. And so that's where I'm just like, that's my fear. And I, and I know I have to get over it and, but take, take like the advice that was given to me where it's only give enough of your process to, to, so that way you can kind of like hint at your process, but not enough, for someone to sit there and copy you step by step because then and you can always if for practice you can copy someone's work step by step and but that's but your don't own personal it but don't your... publish it as your own like right. even like in like high school in a painting class to learn techniques we had to mimic actual paintings of like henry matisse or um Kandinsky like I was obsessed with Kandinsky because it was very complex colors very complex like I, I and and or even like trying to take 
an oil painting and replicate it into a watercolor and vice versa. So that's my problem is having trust in the world enough to publish more. And I don't even know what happened because I used to like, I used to put publish, it all, put out, it all there. out there. Like I used to just like, and even when I was in the mm. studio, I would have like, this is what I'm working on today. And I'm like peeling off the tape, but it's extremely satisfying and put it on display. Put like. it on dis- Like it was just, and I would every like, Every week or two, I would I would have a a collection or, or or a series of works that I would be working on, and it finally came out. And I'm just like, oh my god, I'm so proud of it, and I just posted on there. And then I don't know, it just like all of a sudden, I'm just like, maybe because I'm not producing as much, and I'm not selling as much. So I think I'm also not. maybe it's the pressure of people saying like sell your stuff sell your stuff and i think the growing popularity of emizuri designs right oh yeah oh you know it was interesting a friend of ours has been shopping for her home she like recently moved blah blah, blah and she's trying to redecorate a lot and so whenever she goes into these like home decor stores or like you know like um she'd find things and she would send me pictures sometimes and she'd be like who does this remind you of? And it's like work that is similar to mine. And it's like, I've been doing it for years. And this is just mm-hmm. now a trend. And everyone's yeah, you just, now You're, just, you're that crotchety and rocking like, chair uh, old person who's like, I invented paper before I didn't invent paper. paper. And then, oh, no, 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 no. But there was this one where it's cute. But I genuinely like was like, and they're selling that for how much? Not to belittle the artist who created the series but it was kind of a confidence boost in a sense where here's a white plate with a couple of finger dabs of paint twenty dollars please yeah and it just was i was like and people buy this and then i like look at my i literally i like i was like on a facetime call and then i look at my bowl that was right next to me and i was like if that's selling for that much how much would my stuff be worth (laughs) like Right, but oh I, I feel God. like selling isn't really what you're looking for. I don't know. I, 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 I'm still at a loss at like what you're looking for. I mean, selling is eventually what I'm looking is what I'm trying to work on for. But like, it's um, I'm also in a process of of I need to rethink my um current demographics or audiences and figure out how to gain more i don't want to say call followers but like people who you know appreciate my work that are more local and that are i actually can ship to um because a lot of my followers and my a lot of my audience is overseas and um it's not not easy to ship work overseas. oh my god i have like fans everywhere like they're they're not like in the US. They're like in exotic places. Like, oh my god. Yeah, like, my have, exotic place is Libya. From my Papa. exotic place is Libya. Our stuff. He crashed our podcast. All I, all I have to do. <laughs> Sorry. <go ahead. laughs> all I have to do is like, like the next time I go to Libya, check in the airplane, like five boxes of stuff, and then I'll I can literally like, you know, set up shop there, and then bam. I meant to ask you this. Can you make clay out of sand, like baked? ceramics out of sand no can you like sand under heat and pressure turns into glass you can't just like 
you can put sand just... grains in. It's included in. Sorry, um, Ahmed. Just because you make sound effects, it doesn't mean it's gonna happen. Just gonna... Um, silica <laughs> is 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 part of. The silica is. Um, yeah, I know in, that's how it makes. In the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not an actual. When you have just silica by itself, it turns into. Um, yeah, have you seen lightning? Uh, yeah, that's so beautiful. Super cool. But some people do the experiments in their garage or something where they'll just like have a bucket of sand and then run a current of like arc electricity going through. And it'll just mm-hmm. make this like coral reef tree of electricity through the sand that turns into glass. So you're saying there's a business proposition. Well, that's what I keep telling. I'm like, I'm like going to my dad. I'm like, dad, what we can do is we can make like a silicon desert because... You got Silicon Valley, you got Silicon Hills, Silicon Cliffs. Now here's the Silicon Desert. We literally use all of the like silica rich sand in the Sahara and we use it to make microprocessors and chips and glass and then boom bop. And then sell it to crypto miners. Yeah. Yay. And solar panels. Wait, to sell those to crypto miners too. Hmm. Yeah. Because like if we green. Yeah, well, I mean literally like if we one of the what is it? If you did like a third of the Sahara, you could power the world, <laughs> like with solar panels. No. Yeah, it's some stupid amount where it's like, and it's actually really interesting because if you set up um, wind tunnels and there's I was reading this research paper from uh, I don't know I think it was like Korea or something, but essentially they did like an like an experiment in uh, oman with this uh wind uh what is it windmill that was able to withstand like the heat and of the of the omani desert right and so what they were seeing is that with the addition of uh solar panels and with like the windmill kind of the combination of those two in certain kind of scale would actually change like the wind current and the temperature at the ground to um, like change the overall climate of the area. So you could like terraform the desert after hitting kind of a th- certain threshold of windmill and solar panel. So you, you could make the desert into a forest if you want. It's crazy. It's crazy. Aren't they working on that in Africa at the moment? The, 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 the tree wall. wall. Yeah. I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, Ethiopia has planted 5.5 billion seeds mm-hmm. since the agreement. Yeah, no, it, it, it's uh, basically the Sahara is like expanding north and expanding south. And, you mm. know, people are getting less and less like land to use for, you know, providing food in a notoriously like food starved, literally, area in the world. Um, and so that's right. Africa gives out more than it receives, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, it does. So all these, all this, uh, this is oh, this is where perception is everything. The amount of ads you see for give this poor starving child in Africa some food to eat. Well, stop taking the food that they're producing. Let's start there. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I was gonna say it's more like stop eating this child's food. Like, <laughs> you do not need 40 bananas, 30 oh of which gosh. you will throw away. Like, oh, man. The, um, the amount of wastage. Okay, let's talk about this. The, the gorilla in the room. 
Thank you for obliging. (laughs) (laughs) I had to, sorry, I had to get him out of here. Frozen burritos, right? So you're you're going to the grocery store, you're you're buying groceries for the iftar in the evening, and you just, like, you see something in the freezer aisle, you see a certain item you never buy, and you're like, that looks mighty fine. I'm sure that's going to be absolutely delicious. And you come home, you eat, you're ready for iftar, you make the frozen burritos, and they are just as vile as your now fed self can completely imagine. And it's just like, what are we going to do with all of these just disgusting burritos that we now have in the freezer? Because I got them at Costco or whatever. And uh, I did not need to wholesale this. It's it's wild. Buy one, get seven free. Right. I once went shopping whilst fasting. Oh, wow. And I ended up buying a five-liter tub of ice cream. Wow. Because I was like, I can finish this. Yeah. I could not finish this. I once um, was with friends, and we were going to have pizza for iftar. And usually, between... Um, like the three of us, we would have a whole pizza, but your girl was like, mm, I could eat a whole pizza by myself. Let's get three. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 Let's get, let's, oh, let's, God. let's, let's just get two in that case. I'm like, no guys, we're going to need, I'm going to eat my own like, pizza. Did I stutter? <laughs> like, did I'm going to eat my own pizza. Tell me why we barely got through one and a half. Whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's like it's like a it's like driving under the influence. You're like you're gro- you're you're shopping while while fasting. It's it's this horrible crime where you're not gonna have results that you're happy with at the end. You know. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. And I just like also. It's like, not gonna end well, guys. Yeah, I mean, I. You just want everything. Right. You want everything. You look over there. It's something you've haven't eaten since you were seven, and you're like that mm-hmm. it's like i that really need really like good. skittles flavored oreos or something it's like the other day we got ice cream oh yeah we did i usually f- we we usually finish an ice cream within but they're little small little pints so it's not like a huge tub or anything but we usually finish it within 24 hours for the first time in a year it's been over 48 hours and the rest of that ice cream is still in the that freezer. That is a crime against humanity. How dare <laughs> you? I just, but I'm just saying, like that's how you you eat iftar, and you you can't even get like for me, like I'm at this point where I can't even get to dessert. I usually like to have yogurt after my meals. I don't have space for yogurt, and I need yogurt to digest. You know. Yeah, she got that good, good acid reflux. Mm-hmm. Indigestion yeah. at its finest. But yeah, I mean, like, it, I think it just kind of starts there, right? Like, the the shopping is is but the tip of the iceberg. It's like uh, so. Growing up in in Houston, like we would always have like a a big table uh, for anyone who might come over. You know, it's like this hospitality thing, and it's like also this kind of like being charitable thing. Like, people come over, we have food for you. People don't come over, God, we, we can only you. do leftovers for so long, <laughs> you know? Day eight of the reheated, reheated, reheated falafel. Yeah, it's just like, oh. Uh, uh, it's just dry dust. <laughs> it, it's, it's like, 
it's just dry dust. Oh god, I just like pictured that like like uh <laughs> space food falafel. Oh god. That's gross. I I don't even want. That's so good. But yeah, no, and like you just have all this food, and it's like Thanksgiving leftovers for a month. Um, if 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 no one's coming, and you know, I actually there's like a couple of solutions to it, right? Um, I know we saw you guys used to like, um, take food out to to like homeless shelters during Ramadan, right? Oh, that yeah. So we had like a like a um one weekend out of the entire month we would there was like this uh, egyptian community that like in atlanta that we uh that we would join um and this one time um this one year they were like okay they, they brought like extra boxes to go boxes like so whoever wants to take food home with them to go can take it home with them to go but then there was still a lot of food and they're like yeah jama hey everyone um like you, you guys need to, like, take it all home or else it's going to get thrown away. So then us, the youths, were like, hold on. We have a lot of leftovers. We have a lot of um, to-go boxes. Why don't we just pack it all? And then the next morning, we would distribute all of the food to the, um, the homeless in the streets of Atlanta. And it just became, like, an annual thing. So we all know we're going to go hang out in the evening. Um after the iftar and everything we'll stay up into the morning or like stay up until x time get some sleep meet up again and then distribute the food um the next day and it just like because so much and i'm telling you that's like over 50 boxes of to-go boxes 50 humans could have been fed with that food and right um and that's just one gathering out of like the 30 days of Ramadan. Right. You know, that we, like, where we became consistent with. Um, and it just, like, of all the months in the world, in, in the year, of all the months in the world, of all the months in the year, <laughs> like, to be wasteful. Of all the months of the world. Ah, uh, those damn, like, <laughs> the European maze. Um, like, this is not the right month to be wasteful. But also, like, I will say, at home, um, we, we would try to, like, if we don't finish what we had for iftar, we would eat it for suhoor. It never really made it till the next day. And in Libya, especially, I learned, because there's always, like, the finger food. Mm-hmm. They do an excess amount of finger food, so you could just constantly snack all night because nobody sleeps there. Right. I don't know how I even did it when I was living there, but nobody sleeps, and they're just, like, constantly snacking which is not really healthy for your body because it's not really digesting. Um, but yeah, so then in that sense, it didn't go to waste, which I'm like, I don't support it from a health point of view, but I support it from like a non-wasting point of view. Right. Um, or they just save it for suhoor and um, double whammy kind of thing. But I feel like that's kind of, um, that I don't know, I feel like that might be kind of like a Western idea around like ramadan now like thinking about it like like from what we were reading it's you know the during ramadan like the uae has like a like a 67 percent increase of waste per day and like bahrain kicks it up to 600 tons of food waste every day during ramadan right like it's like the amateur numbers 
Do you want to hear a truly disgusting number? No. Yeah, hit me. What do you got? Malaysia reported in 2020 that more than 270,000 tons of food is thrown away into the garbage oh. during no. Ramadan. Oh my God. What? No. And it's like... Uh, 270,000 during Ramadan. During when Ramadan. you technically should be eating less. And yeah. yet, for some reason, people are cooking 25% more food. Why? Right. Why? It hurts to eat. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it really, like... well, and, you know, and you can only you can only blame it on the frozen burrito effect like so much. Right? Like <laughs> you're just you're just like making too much. Please calm down. I, that just oh no. Like it's especially like, like in, a, in a time of the year when you drink like your your liter of water and it's like, well, I want to die now. I'm just gonna lay down for you know three hours. Oh my god. <laughs> Where's this food just... like coming from? Is it a surprise? I only want to drink in Ramadan. I only, like, I drink, and this is something I've been trying to keep myself. All I have to do is look at Ahmed and I remember that I need to slow down I'll on give drinking. give this horrible stink eye. I, because I just, I'll <laughs> chug, I'll chug a liter in three seconds. Everything in the medical world, in the Sunnah world, in the every world. Right? <laughs> the snow world. The snow like, world. Like, she is popping out with today, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, the different worlds and realms that we live in. Um, all of the worlds, it is frowned upon to chug that much water, especially after a long day of not consuming anything. And I'm, I'm, and yeah. we're just like, oh, you know, this is best practice or something. You know, why are you so hard on? We saw about this because she bends over in pain after yeah. chugging the water. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm gonna throw up. I was like, literally every it's, time. And here's here's the thing, right? We saw it as, and I'm going to speak in third person, and nobody's gonna stop me. Yeah, she's not here. So we, saw it. It. we saw it. We saw it has yeah. recently. Yeah, let's talk about that. We saw it. Yeah, we saw it. We saw it in the recent years has come to the realization. When I say recent, I mean talking about like a year and a half now. I am not what I used to be. I am who I am in the present, which is not a person who can indulge in ill-advised habits. Metabolically speaking. Metabolically speaking. <laughs> and get away with it. <laughs> and get away with it. Because with the water thing, I have done it all my life. Actually, I used to even do it with cold water. Like a like a jug of oh, cold water. Absolutely. Awful. And then my body was like, I'm going to need you to slow down on that. So I was like, okay, fine. We'll do it room temperature water. We'll play it safe. And now it's like, you need to take three sips end it there or else you're gonna hate yourself now Bend over and in horrible later. pain it just <laughs> yeah I, it, yeah i don't know what the i don't know what that is like you know to a certain extent i can i can see like oh it's a celebration um oh it's like i'm real hungry and then i eat and i'm like oop my mistake but it can't be all of that okay you know that oop my mistake i wasn't that hungry can only really be argued for the first maybe three days maximum. But then after that, it's just pure, mate, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing with your life? Look at yourself it. in the mirror. What are you doing? Do you need 17 frozen burritos? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Our, our, our first 
meal of Ramadan was macaroni bocha. Wallah al-Azim, we ate macaroni bocha for four days. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Because, and it usually, what, we would have that, and then we would have, like, leftovers for the next day. We usually do, like, I will make, I will say, I have, because I have always cooked for four or more, when I moved in with Ahmed, um, we got married and I moved in with him, It I didn't change anything, like, with how I, how I cook. Um, we just have leftovers for lunch the next day, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so which is a blessing. So I didn't have to like reteach my rewire my brain into sh- cooking for two people. I, who does that? I don't even know. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really don't. I don't know how to put it. Like I don't know how to cook I'll, for two I'll be, people. I'll be honest. One Except for is, eggs. One is very easy, right? You can cook for yourself. Kind, right? yeah. And like. You you know how much you can like swing. Two is difficult. Two like, is hard. I, I found it's really and then like you you just go from like like single mac mac and cheese to family size mac and cheese. Very like like that's the only two sizes. You know. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have like the double date mac and cheese. Yeah. Uh, or the the date night. Not see there you go. Double I think that's more party. of like the target audience um, of mac and cheese. But I get what you're saying. Cheese. There like, you go. I don't think but, they have like um, heart shaped mac no, no, and no, cheese. No no no. But but all, but uh, but but realistically like. I didn't change my habits. So when I came for like Ramadan, I was like, okay, we're going to be hungry and we're just going to have leftovers for one day. But it's going to be fine because it's like, Ahmed loves Makrono Boha. I love Makrono Boha. We haven't had it in a while. It's Ramadan. Well, I like the Sharba and the Burik, and I was like, man, I still got to eat Makaruna. Like, I didn't <laughs> even get to the Makaruna and I was full. And so now it's like, I think for us, my family, by halfway through Ramadan, something that's something that's like quote unquote traditional gets cut out. So it's like my brothers and I would be like, no, we don't want sharba anymore, or we just want sharba today. We want nothing else, just sharba, because I can't eat <laughs> anything else. So our mm. minds start to get in sync with our body, but I d- I do think it takes about two weeks before your body's like okay. I can't handle this digestive uh, routine anymore. You need to get with the program and eat less. Okay, thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we're focusing on this so much is because it's been an issue for years. And for it to happen during the month of Ramadan, which is technically when you're meant to be a lot more God conscious and just conscious of people around you and and the struggles around you, is kind of staggering to be honest with you especially when the prophetic tradition is all about moderation it's all about being eco-conscious about the environment are you living a sustainable life because that was what the prophet peace be upon him lived he lived an incredibly sustainable life he hardly ate meat he had a rich vegetarian diet um, and he was very conscious of the environment and for us to kind of brush that to one side especially during the month of ramadan is is wild to me honestly yeah no and it doesn't make too much sense you know like and and it's hard to pin down exactly because it happens like across all of these different countries that have very different kind of cultural ideas right the idea of like hospitality and all that stuff like you need to keep up the table people are going to show up at any time you know like 
maybe that exists like across Arab countries, but you're talking about like Malaysia. I don't know exactly if, if it's the same there, but like there's something specific to like Ramadan that's driving people to, to make these kinds of choices. And like, I, I, it would make sense if the idea was to like give that food to people who need it. Right. Like, like we saw was saying they did in Atlanta, but, um, this is just going to waste, like literally the trash. What's the cognitive dissonance that's happening in our heads where we see it happen every single year and yet we think it's still okay? Or we're not bothered about it enough for us to do something about it? I think it might almost be like a traditional thing, right? Like when you when you think of Thanksgiving, you're thinking of like an exorbitant amount of food. Like you got the full layout you got the rolls you got the gravy got the casseroles the pies the turkey the mishadashini and like you will die by the end of this evening because you have eaten so much food you know never wear never wear like pants that need a belt just always wear sweats is this personal experience what personal experience personal experience i've just learned to wear a really loose dress yeah no or you can wear like the jalabia pants um yeah yeah that's that's With like the drawstrings and you know even that you know might be connected to how we no. <laughs> actually i need to remember what it was on a deep philosophical level the trousers <laughs> that you wear probably play a role in the amount of food you eat no truly truly i mean like uh, i remember <laughs> i remember we we would get like the jalabia pants like for our like uh, jalabia is like the the man dress um and so uh it comes with these pants that just I, I don't know it's it, you, they're like four barrel four gallon pants or whatever like you could pull them out in front of you and fit another two people inside um but as kids like we would just like pull the pants out pull the drawstrings and like crawl inside the pants um <laughs> and so it's just like okay well these are the optimal pants if you're just planning on um never finding Indulging. a limit <laughs> Right, like having having your skin be the limit of how much you're eating rather than your clothes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's like similar to the way that uh, Thanksgiving is the food holiday, right? Um, and like bringing everyone together. I think that Ramadan has kind of gotten that brand, right? It's like, oh, bringing all the food out, doing it with everybody. And then it's just like a month long. Um and I think it comes out of the idea that a lot of Muslims um, shy away from the idea of like celebrating regularly throughout the year. I, I at least from my experience, right? It feels like here, or maybe a lot of Muslim countries, but here, like in the states, like we've got Hot Dog Day and Cookie Day and Twins Day and all of these other holidays where it's like celebrate such and such, right? And by mm. the capitalist like incentive associated with it, but, um, mm. but, <laughs> but it's like I, that was something that I, I talked to us all about. It's like Mother's Day and like your birthday and all that stuff. Like, you're you're constantly having opportunities and holidays to to celebrate. Whereas, like, Islamically, um, you've got Eid, Eid two, and Ramadan. You know, um, yeah. And uh, there's there's like a bunch of other different like holidays that you can uh like uh celebrate like Meilud 
or uh, Isra Miraj. There's like the actual day of the Hijrah, like the new year on the Islamic calendar. But I, I don't know if those are super None of them are associated with food though, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I think that like maybe Ramadan is uh, like, it's got this food brand and maybe that's why, because it, it can't be that people don't know what's happening. Like... Uh, God damn commercialization. <laughs> I mean, I think commercialization is really interesting, though. It's really, like, incredible the things that people do. So, for instance, like, like in Japan, um, Christmas is KFC. Like, you get, like, a KFC Christmas pack, and, like, you get fried chicken, and that's, like, a Christmas thing to do in Japan. Because, like... KFC just tricked the heck out of the, the Japanese. Like they're like, "Yep, this is what this is what Christmas is." And it's like, "I've never had fried chicken for Christmas in the States, right?" But like, like I said, goddamn commercialization. It's incredible. <laughs> With the whole commercialization thing. Ramadan, the amount of ads for all Oh my god. of the f- food products and the like the rest like everything everything that i think has something to do with like the addition to how over the years it's become like way over the top so we are also impacted by commercialization it's almost like a tradition though like yeah you you watch the food network yeah (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and we don't have the food network but somehow we saw this year no matter how hard i tried not to i found myself watching those youtube shows and like just like seeking out instagram pages that are just food tutorials I don't know why. It's a sick. It's, just, <laughs> it's sick, but for me, it's also like it's inspirational. So there's like hickey hickey, or like I think I was one of those kids that like saw it, acted upon it, saw it. Well, acted. Do you upon think it. it's like connected to growing up and seeing all those commercials? Like, maybe. like all the TV was like food commercials or whatever. Um, maybe, but also um. I don't know. I guess it is. It's it is a commercialized thing. I guess it is. It has something to do with that. But it's also. I was watching. I'm trying to remember who posted the story, but they were. It was their like personal story on Instagram, of their grandma. And their grandma was talking about how back in her days, they didn't have seventeen different sweets after iftar. They didn't have like like all of the excessive junk that we add to the table so this is a recent like within the last two let's say yeah like you know like two the within the last two generations um where it's become this awfully wasteful not awfully but like food centered wasteful tradition in a non-harsh way i mean if you guys are feasting no, I mean, out. no, no, no shame but on your like, game if yeah. you're eating a lot of food. It's just like, it's yeah. funny how the, the, the ad for Ramadan is like food instead of spiritual awakening and abstinence from food to strengthen thy soul. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not quite there. Instead, you have, 
you have the mother, the the matriarch f- figure standing at the end of the table with a Tang picture going, Tang, Tang, oh my God, Tang. <laughs> and then next thing you know, all you want for Iftar is Tang. God, my Man. literally, literally, I almost lost an uncle to Tang because he like tanged himself into diabetes. Like That's so bad. That's oh, so good. <laughs> like, like no joke. Tang is just. That there's no oranges in that. That is just Zero. what is that? Sugar That's just sugar and color. <laughs> oh my god! So just to go on your point, Wisal, I think it's gone a step further. Not only is commercialization a problem now, they've replaced, like you said, Ahmed, spirituality. So now what's happening is to be commercial during Ramadan is being spiritual, right? Because I don't, because I'm seeing Mercedes ads everywhere and they have Ramadan Mubarak at the bottom. So it, it's a spiritual act. Yay! I'm going to buy myself a new car. <laughs> so before we like conclude kind of on this topic, it, it we really should be talking about kind of the overall, you know, time frame that we're talking about. You know, like Ramadan, but like when specifically in Ramadan, you know? Like a specific time, you, you know what I mean, Muhammad? Is it, it, but it's really subjective, right? Because with with Ramadan being what it is, uh, the holy month, obviously, um, it's very subjective as to you know what kind of level you're at mm-hmm. in terms of your spirituality, um, mm-hmm. in terms of your uh, consciousness. What time? What time? Um, when the sun sets, you know, like it doesn't do that in Alaska sometimes. Well, yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's a twelve-hour day and. For some people, it's a 19-hour day, you know? So it's... Right. How do you reach, like, a middle ground of as, as to what time it is? Right. I mean, it, it, and it's, like, it's a it's a big question. Like, what what time is it? You know? We saw? I mean, I know. Oh. I always know. Really? Oh. Yeah. It's question Nailed it first time. <laughs> so basically, we've been talking about like the problems and like our theories as to what drives this. Of course, you know our answer is going to be capitalism. But what's like the fix? Do you guys think? I think a very good place to start is, like I said during the episode. The idea of Ramadan is um, Allah says in the Quran, "La'allakum tattaqun," that oh. you may become more conscious. Um, so, conscious of God, conscious of others around you, conscious of the environment, conscious of your consumption, conscious of your input and your output. Right. So, a good way to start, I believe, would be to start shopping smarter. And perhaps write down a list of items that you need. Uh, start planning meals so you know exactly what you what you need and you don't buy more than that uh, don't shop when you're hungry because we all have experiences of that ending horribly uh, where you will inevitably overshop because you have an instinctive drive to store food when you're fasting right yeah so right. you will buy that five liter <laughs> tub of ice cream thinking i can i will conquer you and then three <laughs> spoons in what have i done and you just left crying in the fetal position in the corner somewhere um i'm not speaking out of experience obviously uh, d- oh god <laughs> muhammad do, no. do, do you 
blink twice. I, I don't need to I talk about this now. Okay, okay, okay right. I'm not ready. Did the ice cream tell us where the ice cream hurt you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, and also with the whole planning of the meals and stuff, plan that when you break your fast, mm. so that way or in the morning have, at least, or in the mo- yeah, in the morning before 12 p.m. Before the slap happy hour, 12, like two I hours before like muffin, <laughs> it's I like think, slap me happy. I think for me, it's my productive hours is from like fajr until 12 p.m. After 12 p.m., my brain's shut. Well, that's when you're supposed down. to take the nap, the midday nap. So, yeah, so, like, before 12, 12 p.m., have your, like, meals prepped in your brain of, like, what you're going to make and all that stuff. So, even when you do go grocery shopping, you have that list. You're not going to, like, I mean, okay. Improvise. Improvise, yeah. <laughs> I, I think another part of it is just, like, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but breaking your fast on Mokhrib, like you usually you do it with like dates and buttermilk or milk or whatever i used to do dried apricots because i didn't like dates growing up um wow i did not know that about you yeah um but like <laughs> she said that with such disdain okay, <laughs> disgusting so, uh, it's like one of those things why like, didn't you I tell had... me this before uh, yeah it's Jeez. one of those things like had i known this before we got married no, <laughs> oh god <laughs> we would have gotten married faster Aww. I like how that turned. But uh, but yeah, no, like breaking your fast, drinking water and like uh, and doing all that. And then actually just like praying Maghrib. I think so often that like you break your fast and then you go to eat. Like I think going to pray and and having that moment of, hey, this is what I'm doing um, and right. this is why I'm doing it. And then you're going to sit down and like. Not only that, you're gonna give your stomach a chance to like get used to, and so you can put the food in yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I feel like it's kind of like starting your meal with an intention, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, and will help you, I think, remind help remind you that you know, like, if I don't finish everything, there's always tarawih, and I can bring food there, and there's always people who like you can give food to, you know. Um, there, there are ways to use the food, like, instead of throwing it away and saying, stuck for Allah, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Right, like, I, I, I see that. It means, may God forgive me. Right. As you are wasting food, you know? It, it's like, as if there's the nothing I could have done about this, right? Like, you see, I see that uh, you all know, the time. I would have, I would have, yeah, I wouldn't, oh God, man, didn't you just hate it when you have to do this? No, you don't have to do this. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Overbuying, stop overcooking, <laughs> and or or just like give it to someone. Like literally, like our neighbors uh, cherish us because like during I think Eid last year we made a bunch of mamul and we shared it with them. You know, like just Aww. like you, 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 that's a huge thing. Like with the whole even like just to kind of give it like a political stint or whatever. Like the whole um, solution to you know not having you know, police solve all of your community issues is building a community right like just give food to your neighbor right like you don't need to ask them for flour or sugar or whatever but like you know who they are and you know and it's an opportunity to not have it all go to waste our neighbor calls me betty crocker now ever since the mamul (laughs) what (laughs) and do you know what she calls me mamut what'd she call you she calls me pizza (laughs) <laughs> because I'm, I'm always coming. I whenever we get pizza, it's because we saw it's like I cannot move. I do not want 
to do anything but pizza. And it is me. Pizza who, makes my soul happy, okay? Thank you. And it's me with the big box coming through. And she's like, there you go with another pizza, pizza. And I was like, yep, it's me, pizza. <laughs> you and know now, my name, I'm sure. Every, I'm, gl- I'm, glad you, I'm glad you guys are doing that because it you are, you are falling in line with the prophetic tradition, right? Which the, there's a very famous hadith where the prophet, peace be upon him, said, he is not a believer whose stomach is filled while his neighbor goes hungry. So everyone who's wasting food, even if your neighbor, even if you live in an v- affluent area, like you said, Ahmed, that crossing that divide and just handing, giving food to, to your neighbor is such a massive gesture. Thank you so much for listening in. We look forward to hearing from y'all on our Twitter and Instagram pages, both Third Culture Block with a three. This is Ahmed Mustafa, Wissal Jibril, and Muhammad Ismail.